Welcome back to the Fantasy Professors. Today's date is November 4th. On this episode, we talk to you guys about all things Cowboys, some trade candidates, and people to get away from for the rest of the season. If you want to check out more of Man Cave Sports, you can visit our website at mcsports365.com or check us out on Twitter. Our handle is also mcsports365. We'd love for you guys to tweet us any questions you have and also uh, go read up on our articles. Let's go. Professors, once again here with Dylan. We're going to kick things off just like good old times with the injury report. If you want to take the reins, it's all you. Yeah, sure. So uh, first guy I want to start with is someone I believe we had last week on the injury report. Um, Shady, LaShawn McCoy, running back for the Bills. Um, he's still handling this hamstring strain. Uh, hamstring issues are, are actually kind of an interesting injury. Um, you know, even the mildest of strains can really hold back a running back. Any you know, tweak or soreness, um, that's going to uh, really hurt them when it comes to cutting and accelerating, um, which obviously is going to be a serious issue for a running back. So um, Shady, he is, is expected to play. Um, Rex Ryan finally smartened up and realized that I can't get this guy, I can't roll him out too soon. So he gave him an extra week, and uh, I feel like he's going to perform, I would say, close to 90%. He, he should be fine. So um, I would uh, I would start him as an RB1 this week. Are you are you worried at all that it, it'll be kind of the same thing that happened the previous week where he'll start the game and then he won't finish it because he'll re-aggravate it or tweak it again? You know, I, I do think that, the, like I said, kind of with the mechanism and uh, of the hamstring injury in general, it's really important for the running backs to have basically 100% hamstring. Um, so there is a relatively high chance that he could re-injure this. I'm hoping that he was, um, you know, they said that he was limited the past couple days in practice. I, I would hope that's more of a team decision and less of a injury-based decision where he couldn't do it, couldn't participate. I think that they're really, like I said, made the, mis- you know, they made the mistake early on in the season to start him uh, too soon. I think that they're going, uh, had wisened up and are going to hold him back um, to where he's get- getting close to 100%. Yeah. I Honestly, this is my own personal opinion. If I have LaShawn McCoy, I'm probably not going to start him this week. Just because I think I think Mike Gillisley performed really well against the Patriots. He had 12 he carries for 85 yards and a touchdown. I think that if LaShawn McCoy isn't 100%, it's going to be a by-committee type of backfield until he's 100% good to go. I don't think Rex Ryan's really going to uh, let him run with it fully, you know, with the job. I I don't know, and and it also scares me that they're playing Seattle. Yes, I was going to say. It's hard for them to run, and it's a Monday night game, so it's like you either you're you're dead set on starting him. You're going to have to basically hope that he ends up playing the whole game because you're not going to be able to pull him from your lineup and fill in for him if he somehow is a late scratch if he tweaks something warm up, you know. I, uh, bottom line, what I would say is contingent on no tweak this week. 
Um, you know, going up against a tough Seattle defense. I think that if, if he doesn't get hurt, doesn't re-injure the hamstring during the game, I think he actually will have a good game. Um, but it's really, like you said, kind of the trade-off. Are you willing to risk having this high-caliber RB1 re-injure his hamstring and be out for the rest of the game? So it, it is a questionable pick. Um, but I do think if you're, you know, if you're a little dry on running backs, he's got to be a starter. So yeah, uh, I personally am just like a, I'm a low, I'm, I like to have a higher floor and give up a higher ceiling per se. Like I, I'd rather start Allen Robinson over Brandon Cooks, just because Brandon Cooks is a home run hitter, and Allen sure. Robinson sure he hasn't done well this year, but he's always kind of hit that floor. Yeah, uh, that, yeah. that's what just kind of worries me about Lashawn is. Sure, he could hit two touchdowns. He'll get you 20 points in a blink of an eye, but he may actually just kind of not do anything this week. I agree. Uh, okay, so next next uh, injury report I want to look at is actually kind of like a team uh, injury report. I, I'm looking primarily at the Chiefs, okay? So the Chiefs took four big hits this weekend, and honestly, they were one after another. Another. It was, it was rather painful. So the first one I wanted to look at, probably the lesser of the three, would be uh, Jeremy Macklin. Uh, I guess he came up tight on his growing. He's questionable for this uh, this week against the Jags. Um, he was limited practice uh, today after sitting out yesterday's practice. So um, Andy Reid saying he's expected to be, you know, 100% this weekend, but I'm not exactly sure um, how confident he really is in that based on the fact that he didn't even practice today. Um, the next guy I wanted to look at is their quarterback, Alex Smith. Uh, if you watched any of the game, he was on the field, off the field. You know, he was going in and out of, of basically concussion protocol, and they were determining, is he is he okay to go? This is really an interesting case because, um, you know, they, they've already ruled him out. He is not going to play, so Nick Foles will be the, the backup. He'll be starting. But the, the chief staff is saying, yeah, you know, um, Alex Smith, he, he did not suffer concussion at all. He's, he's in fact asymptomatic, but we're not going to play him. You know, that doesn't seem very logical to me, but um, it's basically suggesting that, you know, he got slammed into the ground a couple times, and I'm sure he is having some negative side effects from that. Um, yeah, I, I just going back to your back one, I actually picked up Tyree Kill this week because I think that Nick Foles kind of likes him. Tyreek Hill's done well over the past couple weeks. He's been able to get in the end zone. He's just a kind of short, short, quick guy who uh, he'll catch a nice little screen play and bust it for 40 yards or whatever. So I have him stashed on my bench right now just because I think that if Macklin doesn't play, he can fill that deep threat role that Macklin kind of has his, his grasp on right now. I think that's a fair assessment. Another good snag, and based off these next two injuries, might be Charkandrick West because both RB1 and RB2 are injured. So RB1 obviously, well, you know, should be RB1. Uh, Jamal Charles uh, was placed on IR this week. Um, this is another interesting case where, you know, obviously he had the ACL tear last year, had to have surgery for that, but now he's placed on AR, IR because still that same knee, potentially this, uh, the same ACL is, is giving him problems. So he's, uh, this week he's going to have an exploratory surgery on his right knee, uh, I believe next Wednesday. So, um, you know, this is interesting. They Obviously, his knee is not 100%. It has not been 100%. So uh, I believe it's Dr. James Andrew who uh, who performed that ACL repair. He's going to go in most likely arthroscopically and, and determine what is going on structurally in this guy's knee so we can get him back um, for, you know, potentially playoffs. But I do not think the Chiefs will be in the playoffs this year. Um, so likely to be uh, IR the rest of the season. Um, they really need to figure out what's going on with Jamal Charles' knee. 
it's it's at this point getting a little bit ridiculous. I would be frustrated if I were him. Uh, yeah, so he he actually already had the exploratory surgery on Wednesday. Oh, oh, he had he had it this Wednesday. Yeah, because okay. I saw I saw a report come out saying that there is a chance that he could return this season if they make right. it far enough. Like who knows? Not worth rostering him by any means, but um, from a football standpoint, I think there's a chance he could return last couple weeks of the season or maybe playoffs if they make it that far. <laughs> uh, and then uh, next guy, Spencer Ware, their RB2, well, had been their RB1 for the season, uh, is not going to play this week, uh, similar to Alex Smith. Uh, I think his is a bit more severe. He also has a concussion. Um, so, again, that, that opens up room for Trichandrick West, uh, their RB3, to step in and, and get some carries, especially uh, with the fact that they're playing their QB2 in Nick Foles. Yeah, I... I really like Chuck Hendrick West. He's proven over the past year and a half that whenever he has a lion's share of the workload, he can produce. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. Um, Next guy is uh, running back for the 49ers, Carlos Hyde. Um, I think that uh, the 49ers are now turning into the 40 whiners, unfortunately. Uh, (laughs) Unfortunately, uh, with his sprained AC joint, um, he's been in... um, Non-contact jersey all week, um, and uh, what's his name? Coach used to coach. Chip Kelly. Chip, Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly. Thank you. Chip Kelly said that he's likely not to play. Um, you know this, what? I didn't know that. I, I see not likely to play via the injury report, and that's relatively um, updated. He is, however, before all the you know uh, Carlos Hyde fans start putting him on his bench on the bench. He he is considered a game time decision. However, I'm seeing that staff is leaning towards potentially not likely to play. So um, definitely keep an eye out, monitor that situation over the next 48 hours before game time. But um, at this point, non-contact, non-contact drills, unlikely to play. Man, that's disappointing. I thought he was going to get in, especially since they had, he didn't play the week before the bye week, then they had the bye week this week. I was like, surely two weeks off. AC joint sprain, he'll be back. But you would assume. I so guess the, not. the biggest thing with um, an AC joint sprain, and, and you know, I don't know exactly the severity of his, but it's basically a contact injury. You know, if you are, you know, a lot of uh, running backs like to lead with their shoulder, um, and that's more than likely how he injured it, or just you know, landing on the ground on that shoulder, it, it can be extremely painful and could certainly weaken his strength and able to carry the ball. So um, it, it may be, uh, you know, he may actually be rehabilitated to where he could play, but they uh, are, are not willing to risk um, maybe his ball security. could be something to that degree. Um, okay, last guy, and this is the biggest injury report we got, Big Ben. Big Ben Rosselberger QB for the uh, Steelers. He's coming back, reportedly. You know, you heard early this week Mike Tomlin saying, yeah, you know, we, we might try to sneak him in the lineup. We'll see what we can do. You know, it's kind of so-so. And now they're basically saying he is 100% likely to play. I mean, it, it's it's going to happen. He's going to suit up um, against Baltimore this week and obviously a huge upgrade for their offense. Um, what do you think about that? I have him. I'm not starting him. I'm riding with Dak this week, but that's for other reasons because they're playing the Browns. Uh, I, I would wait and see to, uh, I guess, really feel comfortable starting Big Ben. He, he really does just have a huge home and away split. And this week, they're at Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So coming back off an injury, away game, 
Antonio Brown's questionable last I saw. I don't know. It just I'm not not feeling comfortable. There's too many too many concerns for me in that kind of the ballpark for Big Ben. I will I will say one upside to the overall Steelers offense, other than Big Ben coming back, is also the return of uh, wide receivers Marcus Wheaton, uh, who's been returning from he's returning from a shoulder injury, and Sammy Coates, no longer limited with that hand injury. So um, I do suspect that uh, he, I mean he has some weapons. You know Antonio Brown may not be 100, percent but I'm really uh, interested to see how Big Ben uh, fares this weekend. Yeah, I. I'm interested as well, not interested enough to start him. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. All right. right, So next segment we got, we actually don't really have a name for it. We're both located in Dallas, both Dylan and I, so we're big Cowboys guys. So we love to talk about the Cowboys. So we're going to have a segment every week where we just kind of give our updates on what we think the Cowboys team is doing in general, who we would like to start in fantasy this week, (coughs) and just kind of the matchups for them and uh, I guess kind of the outlook for Dez and the Romo Dak stuff, but yeah, let's get it. Let's get kicked off with that. Romo Dak, what are what are your thoughts? Who do you think will end up having the starting job in Week 14 through 16, whatever, during playoffs? Um, that's interesting. I don't know if I could give you a definitive answer. I don't know if anyone could give you that definitive answer. Um, it's it's primarily speculation. You're, the question at stake is: Do you trust Dak? to continue to prevail with his excellent stats and playing, I mean, really blowing a lot of people away uh, as far as a a rookie quarterback or just a quarterback in the league in general. So my theory is, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing. So I I really like um, Dak as the starter. Um, You know, obviously I'm a big Romo fan. I love what he's done for the Cowboys. But, um, again, you know, it's hard. It, It would be painful for me to see you break that consistency that Dak has, has been presented with so far. I completely agree. I think right now they're going to ride Dak until, I mean, how, how can you sit a quarterback? Could you? Six how and one, you? arguably could be seven and oh, if yeah, the wide receiver got to run out yeah. of bounds. Yes. Yeah, Playing the Browns know. this weekend, hopefully we'll be seven and one after this weekend. If not, then maybe Romo comes in. I don't know. Uh, but... I- I'm so okay. So that's 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 interesting. So if hypothetically the ba- the Browns steal their first win off the Cowboys in Cleveland, okay, do you then put Romo in the next game? I think it doesn't completely hinge on a win loss. I think it hinges on how many points the Cowboys have. Like if it's a Cowboys lost thirty five thirty three, then it's like wow, the defense sucks. Something's wrong with the defense, not necessarily the offense. Kind of deal because I mean the Cowboys are missing a couple quarterbacks this week, um, I, and I, frank, I frankly, I, like as this stupid as this probably sounds, I kind of like the Browns' offense. Yes, the Browns actually have I mean statistically a very comparable offense to the Dallas Cowboys. A good quarterback behind there, who I think McCown is that guy. I know he's not starting this week. They're starting Kessler just because they want to evaluate kind of the talent they have on that team because it's pretty worthless to start a 34, 35-year-old QB when you're 0-7. You know, you're not really going to figure out what the future is. But uh, I really like Crowell and Duke Johnson in the backfield. I think that's yes. a great tandem. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Terrell Pryor is a gem. I mean, he can do it all. Literally can do it all. Literally and can. Corey yeah. Coleman's coming back this week. Yes. That, that's pretty big. Matt, or uh, what's this? Gary Barnage is a legitimate tight end. Mm-hmm. They have weapons all around, and I think the Cowboys' defense actually may struggle this week. 
but I don't think the Browns can stop them unless Jamie Collins comes riding on his white horse and just absolutely takes control of that defense. I, I don't see anything happening. I, I do expect this to be, um, I don't want to put it, maybe like a Big 12 shootout. Does that make sense? Like you know, some little, little Oklahoma Tech stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. It's, I, I, you know, maybe not going quite that. <laughs> but um, I, I do expect it to be a rather high-scoring game. Um, I definitely expect the Cowboys to score. I, I think it's really going to be um, whose defense can can play the best, essentially. Um, that's really what it's going to come down to. Who can get the stops, right? Because you're exactly right. I'm, I'm really impressed with Isaiah Crowell. I think he is... Um, Possibly, you know, a top, at least in the top half of, of running backs in the league. Um, and he's put up some good numbers. So I expect their, their offense really to ball it out this weekend. And, uh, you know, I'm really going to be looking at our linebacking core to be able to read their offense and hopefully make, get some stops, you know, on third down. Yeah. Just going back to Isaiah Cole, he's actually, if you're, if you guys are in a dynasty league, you listeners, and you're looking to kind of maybe trade for some youth, Isaiah Crowell is only 23 years old. Like, he's really young for a running back. And I do think that Hugh Jackson, if, by all means, I hope he stays there. I, if he's, if they go 0-16, I don't know how you can keep the coach. But <laughs> if he's there, I think he somehow kind of turns his team around. They He loves to run the ball. He loved to run the ball in Cincinnati. Um, I, I think that Crowell is... This is not a fluky year for him. I think this is something that can be carried on in the next couple of years. Who knows? Duke Johnson, they don't re-sign him, whatever. Then it's just Kroll's yep. job. Uh, I mean, I, I, I think he's one to target in a dynasty league. So here's my question to you, Will. Um, they set the line this weekend. Vegas has set the line at, I'm seeing seven and a half. Some say seven, right around a touchdown, uh, minus the Cowboys. So Dallas minus a touchdown going into Cleveland. What do you take on that line? I'm taking the Cowboys. Okay, you assume they cover a touchdown. Yeah, I, I, I do think that they cover by, I would, I would say it's a pretty safe cover too, honestly. I think the Cowboys are rolling right now. That come from behind wins big against yeah. Philadelphia. That defense was able to get some crucial stops at the end of that game. They kind of struggled at the start. Uh, Dak sort of got things going in the second half. He really yeah. struggled in that first half. I think they really relied on him too much. They need to give the ball to Zeke more. He didn't have as many carries last game. I think he only had eight or nine in the first half, which should be flipped. Right. I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't understand what they were doing there, but I do think that the Cowboys really control this game from the start on the run or on the ground and then from there have Cody Kessler drop back and try and catch up I think the Cowboys can force a few turnovers I also agree I do think they will cover the seven and a half spread next question to you will so the uh, overall you know over under total point over under is at 48 and a half so approximately 24 25 points a team um, do you think that's valid that's tough uh, this is it's in Cleveland right uh, in Cleveland, yeah. I mean, it could be, you know, a, a 30 plus, you know, 15 spread, something like that. So Honestly, I'm taking the over on that. I mean, we I just, we just talked about how, I mean, the Cowboys defense has played well this year, but they're by no means some stud defenders on that team. Sean Lee's great, whatever. Uh, but without Morris Claiborne and Skandrick, their secondary is pretty porous. I mean, that's been the issue in the past with the Cowboys. And we would already talked about the weapons that the Browns have. I think Dallas won't have any trouble scoring the ball, and then if Cleveland's playing catch-up, I 
think they'll be able to air it out pretty successfully against the Cowboys. I agree. I mean, I also think that they can cover. I hope it's more of a Cowboys-sided cover, um, you know. Uh, but one last thing for you, Will. So on the defense, you, you kind of mentioned our poorest secondary. Obviously, they've tightened up a bit this uh, this season. What do you think about Mo Claiborne? Don't you think that guy is completely 180 from the Mo Claiborne we saw just last year? I think it's because the team believes in him. You know, like, no, no, like, as silly as that sounds, when he when he had his first interception this year, I've never seen a sideline happier for a player on a completely irrelevant, basically, interception. Right. Like, they were going wild for him, and I think that just kind of shows that they completely have his back, and I think he knows that. Rod Marinelli, I, all credit goes to him, man. He's yeah. had complete unwavering faith, almost, in Mo, Mo Claiborne. Struggled with injuries, blown coverages, not exactly the sharpest tool in the shed, but he's athletic as poop. As yeah. if, he, if he understands the system that he's in, I think Mo Claiborne can be successful in Dallas for many years as long as he stays healthy. Speaking, of, speaking of healthy, I well, saw Des Bryant's questionable this week. Well, yeah, the, they're saying a couple different things. You know, he's got a sore back, a sore knee. Uh, I've, I've read up on the injury report. I thought about including it, but it wasn't even worth including. They're saying he's... He's uh, practically a full participant at practice. They're saying that he should be just about 100% to play. Um, I know that some sites and, and ESPN and things like that are listing him as questionable. To owners who own Des Bryant, this is a must-start Absolutely. <laughs> oh, my goodness. If you do not start Des Bryant because he has a Q next to his name, you need to do a little bit of reading on, on the extent of his injuries. Yeah, because, he had, he had yeah, 14 targets off. last week. Oh, I love to hear that. I love to hear that for the Cowboys offense. Do you have anything um, else on the Cowboys? <sighs> we them boys, man. That's it. How about how about this? Let's get let's get a score prediction from you. I'll oh, get mine too. Prediction. Okay, fair enough. Um Okay. Uh I would say that the Cowboys score at least uh maybe thirty two points. So I would say let's go thirty two seventeen. Cowboys. Thirty-two, seventeen. What was what was the over under in points? Um, forty-eight and a half. That barely gets you over, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man. Honestly, I think I think the Browns put up twenty-four against us. I think the Browns put up twenty-four. I'm saying, I'm saying thirty-four, twenty-four. That's what I got. Thirty-four, twenty-four. Cowboys. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Last segment we got for you guys. Kind of a special one this week. The trade deadline's coming up for a lot of leagues. I know that this Thursday was like the earliest any league would have it, so pretty uncommon if you had a trade deadline this past Thursday. Uh, this upcoming Thursday is a lot more common, kind of the bulk of where most trade trade deadlines fall. So Dylan and I have a trade candidate that you should target and buy low because we think he's going to do well the rest of the season. And we also have someone who you should sell high on that we think was not necessarily fluky, but that right now you can get some good value from this player and – prepare yourself better for the rest of the season. You all, you want me to kick things off? Yeah, yeah. sure, go ahead. First one I got, by a low candidate, Jeremy Hill. Past two games, he's done really well. He's found the end zone both games. He had nine carries for 168 yards against Cleveland, which is not something to be expected every week by any means. And then Washington, he got the ball 20 times for 76 yards, so the average wasn't necessarily there, but the carry total was. And I really like his schedule coming up. He plays the Giants, who started off the year pretty well, but have not necessarily been that dominant recently. 
Buffalo's run defense isn't all that great. We saw LeGarrette Blunt do pretty well at last week. Baltimore's defense, meh. And then he goes Philadelphia, who's actually pretty good, and then Cleveland again. So the playoff, the uh, playoff teams he faces, or the teams you would have him for in the playoffs, so that makes sense for fantasy purposes, would be Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Houston. Houston's the only one who has a decent run defense, but without J.J. Watt, they haven't been able to do anything. So right now I'm targeting Jeremy Hill coming off an injury because he had a bye week and he should be rip-roaring ready to go. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I do think that Jeremy Hill is I, – I, first of all, I think that the Bengals' uh, backfield in general is pretty interesting. It's kind of cool how they can work in both Jeremy Hill and Gio, and they both do well in fantasy. Yeah. Uh, I think that's pretty neat, but I, I would completely agree. He was actually – when I was doing the research for this, he was the one I uh, I had selected at first until you told me that's who you're new. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll pick someone else. So uh, who I and I chose to think alike, right? That's that's all. There you go. Know. I agree. Um, okay, my guy who I, I would say to buy low. Um, you know, some people may you know scratch their head a little bit on this one, but I think it's valid. Um, this guy came in as uh, you know one of the top prospects in the league and has really kind of fallen short of that. But I think this is maybe his midseason burst. Of course, I'm talking about Todd Gurley, running back for the uh, Rams. Excuse me. Um, so right now, uh, his position in the standard league position ranked uh, running backs at 21. Um, but here's what's neat. So he's now uh, averaging 3.1 yards per carry. Now that, that's not you know super significant, but that I, that is a huge change from the beginning of his season where he was it was like sub two a carry you know it, it was like painful to watch a Rams game and see him run um he, he was on by or he's on by this week so he's getting rest you know you're looking for you're basically looking to target uh owners who are saying oh you know I need a running back and Todd Gurley hasn't produced for me really this year except for a few you know a couple different games he had a um some good points but other than that you know maybe some some antsy uh, owners are looking to trade this guy, so um, and he does have a rather favorable uh, next couple games. Uh, they're playing Carolina at home. Um, you know, Carolina's stepping it up a bit, but the next couple of games include you know at the Jets, Miami, at New Orleans. You know, some of these defenses who just have gaping holes when it comes to running. So um, I, I honestly expect Todd Gurley to um, do. Uh, you know, he has to do better than he did in the beginning of the season because it was so poor. Um, I think that this is definitely a guy you could buy low. Yep, I, I completely agree. Uh, I had a friend buy low again uh, in my league this week, and I was slightly disappointed because I really on Todd Gurley. Yep, he got a steal. I think. Wow, great rate. <laughs> For my sell high, I've kind of I've kind of cheated the system a little bit here. My sell high is Matt Ryan because I think his value is incredibly high right now. I'm not by no means do I think that he will drop off necessarily with his points. But I do think that we'll kind of see him come back down to earth a little bit. He is having a ridiculous season. But I'm saying trade him for Jameis Winston and running back or wide receiver who can play on your team. Because Jameis Winston owners out there aren't going to be necessarily very happy with the way Jameis Winston's been playing. The past couple weeks he's played a lot better, but he had a kind of rough start to the season. But if you're... Looking, the trick to fantasy, in my opinion, is you gotta prepare for the playoffs, the mm-hmm. fantasy playoffs. And so for that, you're looking at matchups, which we kind of talked about with Jeremy Hill. But James Winston, I think, has the all-time greatest fantasy playoff matchups that I've ever seen. Three three different weeks. He goes week 14, New Orleans, porous as poop. Yeah. Week 15, Dallas. 
We just talked about them. Week 16, New Orleans again. Whoa. So I, I'm, I'm a true believer that you could really cash in on Matt Ryan's value, get a great quarter, or good to great quarterback who will perform incredibly well for you during the playoffs and also get another piece that you could potentially play in your starting lineup. Someone like a Jeremy Hill. I bet if you send a Matt Ryan for Jameis Winston and Jeremy Hill offer, if someone in your league happens to have them, I bet they wouldn't take that. And I'd be very happy if I were on the receiving end of it. Yeah, I mean, you're basically right. So you're, it's, it's not really downplaying Matt Ryan, because he, he is, like you said, he is performing well. But I think that people think maybe they're overhyping him a little bit too much. I think you're exactly right, where you could potentially get, you know, uh, an additional player along with a good, you know, mid-tier quarterback as well. So I think that's a good assessment. Um, all right, guy that I am saying to sell high is wide receiver for the Detroit Lions, Marvin Jones. So, Right now, position rank wide receiver at seven overall, fairly high. Um, but here's something that's, that seems a little bit painful for me. Um, it's who, it's the matchups. Okay. So Detroit, they're playing Minnesota twice in the next four weeks. Um, which yes, obviously Minnesota, one of the best defenses in their secondary is unbelievably strong. Um, I, I expect that, you know, despite, um, Matthew Stafford being Detroit's quarterback, I mean, he has a cannon, but I, I would really say that the Vikings are going to give him uh, some trouble, and that's obviously going to hurt Marvin Jones. Um, you know, he had, I think his data is a little bit skewed if you look at, like, an overall, you know, total points column where he had that uh, game in week three against Green Bay, six catches, 205 yards, and two touchdowns. You know, Matthew Stafford just airing it out against the Packers. It will not be the same kind of scenario against... Uh, Minnesota in these upcoming um, four weeks or so. So, um, you know, like they're, they're going into Minnesota this week. Um, you know, he, he does have, I would say, more of, you know, despite being ranked seven wide receiver overall as far as points go, um, he really is kind of a low-end uh, WR2, potentially like a flex play at this point. Um, what do you think about that? I really like that for all the reasons you said, plus one more. I think – Golden Tate is being utilized a lot more in this offense now than he was to start the season, and that's why we see Mar Marvin Jones's numbers incredibly high at the start of the season when he was going off, and Golden Tate was really struggling. Mm -hmm. uh, Golden Tate got benched for a game, and then they kind of reevaluated the way they were using him, and now he's done a lot better. He's seen a ton more targets, a lot more receptions and yards per game than he has to start the first half of the season, I think that only hurts Marvin Jones. Like, I don't see how that helps him in any way. Yeah, I mean, the, the past couple games, you know, the past three games, he's got two targets in L.A., four targets in Washington, three targets in Houston for Marvin Jones. You know, you're right. You're exactly right. You know, opposed to the beginning of the season, he has eight, six, you know, a target. So I think that you're that's a great assessment saying that they're really trying to share the ball because, Frankly, I wasn't, uh, you know, too big on Marvin Jones preseason, and now he kind of has balled out early in the season. I'm like, man, this guy, is, is he really this good? And then it kind of turns out maybe he's actually not that good, you know? Yeah, or I, I, yeah. I, was gonna say, I still think that Marvin Jones is the quote-unquote number one receiver for Detroit. I, I mean, they went out and paid him money this offseason. But like you talked about, going up against the Vikings two weeks over the next four or whatever – Xavier Rhodes matches up against the number one wide receiver from the teams against, and he will shut you down. Like, he shut down better receivers exponentially 
they yes. have Marvin Jones. That's so I, I'd be very worried if I had Marvin Jones and I was thinking about playing him against Minnesota. All right. All right. Well, if that's all you got, then you guys should go check out our website at www.mcsports365. We had an article go up last night. We have two more going up tomorrow. One is an AFC kind of mid-season review, and the other is an NFC mid-season review. Not necessarily fantasy-related, but just kind of giving you an outlook for the rest of the season on every team in each division. And if you want to check us out on Twitter and tweet us your questions or direct message us your questions about who you think you should start this week, our Twitter handle is mcsports365. But yeah, until next time.